Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. First up, BTOsports.com. Anything you need for your bike or body. Uh, no camera supplies, though, as it applies to this podcast. Uh, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money on uh, just about everything that BTOsports.com sells. Brand new website. Nice mobile phone friendly. You can uh, get free shipping over 99 bucks. Lots of things going on at BTOsports.com. And, of course, Fox Racing. Foxhead.com, the official gear of Ryan Dungey, Kenny Roxon, Brock Tickle, and much, much more. Foxhead, the global innovation in making motocross gear super sweet and hella cool. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm your host, Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is uh, my fellow employee at RacerX Online, uh, the Simon Cudby. Cudby, what's up? Hi, Steve. How's it going? Is this, is this okay to do RacerX on RacerX? Is this fine, or is this like sort of, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's not, it's not actually not a conflict of interest, I wouldn't say. Just no. Because, uh, you know, um, you, I know your deal and you know my deal, and, you know, we both do a lot of other stuff outside of Racer X. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's fine. Okay, all right, good. I was just checking. So maybe we should just talk about how <laughs> – let's talk about how great the photos are in Racer X magazine. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and the writing, too. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm super, I'm super jealous, though, and envious of guys like yourself, photographers in the sport – that have been doing it for a long time because um, no matter – there, there's nobody that doesn't really like Simon Cudby. You're just shooting photos. You're in a good mood. You're taking photos of riders and giving them publicity, and everything's good and happy, and there's no problems. Me, I got guys in the pits that I got to be critical of or I got to do this or that about. If somebody takes somebody out, I got to write about it. And, you know, some guys are like, ah, F that Mathis guy. But photographers, everybody loves <laughs> photographers. Well, that's not entirely true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. You, it wasn't you who ran out onto the track at Lakewood, was it? No, I, apparently that was the Sasquatch out of the Delta Sky Miles magazine. Now you, if you've flown Delta, you've looked at the Sky Miles book, and yeah. they have that, big, that Sasquatch in the back garden. I think they, somebody put that in the middle of the track. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> so, yeah, it uh, it's one of those things. Um, some guys, I don't know. I guess, yeah, like you said, maybe photographers do have uh, some... Uh, some enemies out there, although I don't know what. I don't know who. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've, I've been really lucky. Um, you know, I, I just actually did the KTM uh, dealer meeting yep. uh, Monday and Tuesday, and it was really cool to go out to the track and, you know, with Ryan Dungey and Marvin and Kenny and, and Roger DeCosta, and they're all just really nice. I think if you go in there and they know that I've been in the sport long enough that I have to, I have to go to the race every weekend mm-hmm. like you do, and, you know, my, the last thing I want to do is cause any drama 
um, with any of those guys because I want to I want to make sure I'm invited back next time. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually uh, had a bit of a uh, good photo from yesterday um, involving a couple of riders, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not going to share that one with anyone just because it's you know <laughs> could cause some problems. Oh, so. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few things that you've along the line, right? That that's happened over the years that you've been doing it. Yeah, I mean, the I think the the most well known one for me anyway was when I think it was O three, end of O three or end of O two that I went out to shoot for Fox at Ricky's house and end of the day crashed his brains out in the woods and put a big hole in the back of his leg and was rushed off to the hospital by his mom and I was out out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> Florida at the yeah. track and just sort of you know. Yeah, I'm not. I can't say anything about this because yeah. it was like a month before Supercross season started or something. So I just had to keep my mouth shut, and I think that built a lot of trust with with Ricky and his, and his family over the years. And it's never been, you know, yeah. they never worried about me coming there to shoot. So yeah, good. yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, how long have you been doing it for? How long have you been shooting for? Well, I mean, it's really, I'm I'm actually I'm 48 now, and it's actually all I've ever done. I went to college in London when I was you know, 16, 17 mm-hmm. and that, and did that. And I was shooting a couple of years before that with my dad. We'd go to car races and stuff. And yeah. Motorcycle, you know, motorcycle, not motocross, but, but road racing stuff in England. And yeah. I'd always take the little family snappy camera and shoot some pictures. So I've always been into it. And it's, I've been really fortunate to be able to do it for this long uh, professionally, you know. Right. So it's good. Um, you're one of the guys that's been around. You remember the digital era. And yeah. that's changed. That's been the biggest change in photography, without a doubt, right? In, in its in, in its in its history, would you say? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, um, it's 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 unbelievable. The cameras now. I mean, I, I made the switch. I think at the end of two thousand and three, mm-hmm. and I wasn't ready to do it until they were as good as film or better. And by that time, I think I bought. I was a Canon guy back then. I'm, I shoot with Nikon stuff now, but yep. I bought a Canon 1DS and it was like eight thousand bucks. And like, <laughs> right. and like the high-end film camera body that you used to buy back then was fifteen hundred bucks. So it was obviously substantially yeah. a lot of more money. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, it's, it, people think, well, you save money on film and processing, but for a professional photographer, you you bill your clients for that stuff anyway. So yeah. it wasn't really saving you any money. It was actually costing more. But you know, obviously, that's that's. Nothing compared to the quality and the versatility of the cameras now. That's for sure. This could be a dumb question. Would you do your develop your own film and stuff and all that? Would you do all that? I, I have. I know how to do, you know, black and white processing and color color negative processing and color pr- color printing. Okay. But what we would shoot, you know, pre two thousand three was slide film, and that was a process called E six, and that 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 process was really really critical. Okay. And, uh, yeah, no, there's no way I would ever want to try and get my own E6 line going because it was just <laughs> it was really toxic and bad. And yeah. you just pay, pay someone else to do it who has a big machine to do it, you know. So, so that's what I did. Back then, you would go to the National on Sunday, drop all your film off on Monday, and basically kick it at the beach until Tuesday morning or, or Wednesday morning, whenever yeah, they were done. It was actually good back then because you could actually <laughs> have a social life after the race and go out for dinner and do yeah. all that. Kind of Not anymore. Yeah. No way. Not anymore. No, it's it's instant. People want stuff straight away. So, uh, you know, you you got to deliver. And yeah, but back then, I I take a Ziploc bag, probably with forty or fifty rolls of film, yeah, in, in my backpack, and always stress going through the airport, putting it through the X-ray, or putting you know, right, <laughs> right, right. The film and 
and then yeah, you know, wait till I used to get it back like Monday afternoon and spend quite some time sorting stuff out. You know, so, yeah. uh, um, different for sure. And now you're back at the you're back at the hotel or at the track. Uh, you yeah, know, uh, there's still some corrections to be made. There's still processing to be done on digital stuff and and uh, sizing and all that kind of stuff. And it, ta- you know, obviously uh, I'm buddies with James Lissamore, and he, I've seen him do it. It takes a long time still, but but you have to do it right away. You have to just yeah, have you, to start doing it. You got to just get it done because it doesn't. You can't go. Oh, I'll just do this tomorrow because some. I always picture somebody sitting at their computer waiting for those photos to show up. Yeah, you know whether it's for a press release or something or a race report. They're just sitting there waiting for me to get my stuff done so i always that that always comes to us and i've been really lucky this year my daughter shannon has been going to the race with me and doing a lot of um um editing and renaming and all that kind of stuff that yeah. is just really takes you know yeah. not just shooting all day photos but then you know i'd spend eight or ten hours just sorting and renaming and outputting and all that stuff yeah. and she's been invaluable this year helping me with that stuff is she into it or are you making her do this could be no no i you know, she's at college now, and I said, hey, you know, I need help. Do you want to go to the races with me? And she's into it. And I asked her, actually, when I was at Thunder Valley, I'm like, are you going to want to do this next year? And she's like, yeah, I'm into it. But, oh, okay. you know, it's, <laughs> it's, I think we're, she's the same as me. It's like once you're at the race, it's good, but it's all the other stuff, like the, 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 the traveling and going to the airport and the rental cars and the hotels and all that stuff is, it gets a bit old after a while for me anyway. Yeah, so. yeah no, I know. I started 1996, same, same as you. Yeah, you know, so yeah. it's it's been nonstop. Um, you're like me in the sense that uh, we're freelance. You're a freelance photographer. I'm a freelance journalist. Our our biggest clients are Racer X, although we have lots of other guys. How much, how much equipment do you have? Like, what's a dollar amount of all the stuff that you have uh, to do your job with? Well, I mean, I go to the races with a Pelican case, which is like a yeah. plastic waterproof case with foam inserts and stuff. And I have a couple couple of Nikon D4 bodies. And I usually carry like four lenses and a little strobe, and that little setup right there is probably twenty-eight or thirty grand. That stuff. Yeah. But then I have, I mean, I, I come from a studio background, so I have like all the studio lights, mm-hmm. all the stands, all that extra stuff that, yeah. you know, it's just just more money. And I've I've been doing a lot of stuff this year with um, team photo shoots and that, and using using lighting yeah. during the day, like strobes and stuff, and, you know, trying to make stuff look a bit more special than just daylight, you know? So, right, right. Um, yeah, but it's, it's not cheap. And then, you, you know, you add in, like, laptops and yeah. hard drives and card readers and all that stuff, and it just it just adds up. But, I mean, the way I look at it, if I was a car mechanic working, you know, somewhere, I'd, I'd have at least $30,000 worth of snap-on tools, you know? Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. No, it, and also, too, like, again... You're doing your passion. You're making a living and a good living uh, covering your passion, which is photography. You know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do, when's the last time you shot a wedding, Cudby? Um, probably 1991. Oh, okay. So it was, I, I was I was going to say it was a long time, but I would have said it would, was sooner than that. No, so, no okay. I kind of. I'm kind of a conscientious objector with weddings, actually. It's just, <laughs> it's just I, don't, I just can't do it. I mean, maybe one day if I had to do it, I would But do they're it. good money, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I don't even care. You don't even yeah, care. It's, it's, you know what people can be like. and mm-hmm, yeah. I think the one I shot in 1991 was a friend of my wife's family. They, their daughter was getting married, and we met, obviously met them before, and they were like, oh, really nice. And then the day of the wedding, it was like, 
you know, Bridezilla. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I can't deal with it. So. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, so we talked about the digital era, and in some ways it's easier, in some ways it's harder. Here's where it's harder. A guy like you, and I'm not obviously I'm not trying to stroke you here on the show, but you've been doing this your whole life. You're pretty much renowned as the best photographer in the sport. I think I've I've heard other photographers say that you have a real skill at shooting photos. Okay, so knowing all that, um, there's a lot more to photos than just pushing a button. Despite me uh, ragging on Lisa more all the time, and maybe you too. But okay, so you're good at taking photos. However, I've seen shots from guys in the stands or just your amateur photographer that are awesome. Uh, the camera the equipment is so good nowadays. So this is where it's sort of a drawback, right? Like your skills, you know, are it's not not everybody can do it, but people can get close. People can shoot some good photos with with the camera now. Camera equipment. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, the technology is unbelievable. You know. Um... It, and it, you know, once you've made that initial investment to get that camera, it's not costing you anything to go and shoot apart from travel and your time. Mm-hmm. You're not you're not worried about you know getting a eight hundred dollar photo lab bill anymore for for film processing. So yeah. that's out of the equation. And the the good thing today too is that all those cameras have the display on the back, and you can shoot your photos and go, oh yeah, that's a good one. Right. Um, I think I think what it, when you're actually a professional photographer though. You have to deliver all the time, every time, and you have to deliver a lot. So I sometimes see photos, you know, in Racer X that they've got from a photographer, and I'm just like, oh, man, that photo is unbelievable. But you haven't seen, you know, would you hire that guy based on that one photo to go and shoot for your your company and pay, you know, decent money to that guy? You you know, you, you have to say, okay. I want to look at everything you shot from that race because I've had some photographers but that. Have, do you do you like, fe- do you feel that companies do that though? Like I get what you're saying, for sure. Yeah, but do yeah. You, um, do you feel I, like? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if they do or not. I mean, I think. I mean, I get emails all the time from people, and I I, I feel bad lately because I haven't had time to respond to anyone. But it's like, hey, I want to do what you do. How do I do it? What do I need to do? Right. And I get the know, same ones. I get the same ones. Yeah. 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 And my th- my things like. You know, go and learn to be a photographer. Right. Don't worry about motocross. If somehow you find your way shooting motocross later on, go do that. But if you're really yeah. into photography, go and learn. Go, you know, go to college, do a photography course, a, re- a real one, not just some sort of summer school thing. Do like a yeah. real, yeah. a real photo course or photojournalism with video and stuff. Learn all that stuff, and then go and assist for real world photographers that are doing. Not you know, not mm-hmm. not necessarily motocross, but like when I when I started, I was assisting for a car photographer and this guy that would shoot like all all different stuff and you know um, headshots and stuff for for uh, annual reports and all all that kind of stuff yep. that teaches you how to be a photographer, not necessarily a motocross photographer, because it's a really really narrow market that we're in right now. You know, <laughs> for so, sure. So yeah, like you're saying. Uh, Show me that guy's photo. Sure, this photo is great, but show me his photo when the light is dim, when um, this is happening, or there's you know this guy in the foreground, this guy in the background, or whatever the case may be. That's what you're yeah. saying. That's where a guy like yourself or any professional photographer will sort of shine through. Yeah, you, you know, you, you've had experience in the past of okay, I I know where to stand for this one. I know what the lighting's going to do. I know this, and yeah. that's that's half the battle that I tell tell people is it's you know. 
visualizing the shot before you take it and mm-hmm. then technically making that happen, you know? Um, um, yeah, but, but it's, made your, it's made the game tougher, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, for, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I always see guy, new guys that I've never seen before every season, and then sort of by the end of the season, they're not at the races anymore. You know, A, because they, it's, it's expensive to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might, you know, you can only go if, if you're really working, you know. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys that go and think, oh, this would be cool, I'm going to do this. And then they sort of realize that they actually can't make any money at it unless mm-hmm. they have, you know, several clients. And uh, uh, that's the only way you can really do it, you know. Are, you, are there st- times where, do you miss a shot? Do you miss shots? Do you, do you have yeah. stuff where you're like, ah, what was I doing? Or, or I screwed that up or whatever. Yeah, well, but my my latest, my most recent one, I guess you call it, would be at uh, Motocross Donations in Germany last year when Eli Tomac was coming up, and I think it was Ken Roxon he was battling yeah. with, wasn't he? Yeah. Going up, yeah, he's going up the hill, and I'm shooting from the back, and it's all, but it's all like backlit, it's in shadow, and the, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of silhouetted. I'm shooting them going up the hill. I'm like, oh, that's going to be cool, and I'm sort of start moving to get them coming down the other way because I think they're going to be close. And as I as I take the camera away from my face, <laughs> Eli just gets ejected off the top of his bike, and I was just like, oh no, I missed it. So yeah, yeah, that that was frustrating. But um, you know, it's it's half of that. Well, more than half, I would say, of that stuff is 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 pure luck, being in the right place at the right time. And yeah, I've I've got lucky sometimes, like when when James Stewart, you know, unfortunately crashed. I think at the first Anaheim round, yeah. I I was the only guy at the end of that wood section that got him just getting lost. And I, much to the much to the joy of a lot of the vital MX um, crew, <laughs> we were able to Photoshop that image and make yeah <laughs> make a big thread out of it. So uh, um, huh. yeah, I mean it's just right place at the right time. And if something happens in front of you and you yeah. you, you are shooting, you're, you're going to hopefully get it. You know. And, and how many uh, how many photos do you shoot in a, in a national or a supercross when you're all done and you load them up? How many are there? Um, well, it's changed a lot actually. Now that now that my daughter's helping me, I've kind of started shooting a bit more. But <laughs> um, you know, I have I have some clients, not not just racer X. I have a list of other clients, mm-hmm. and I know that I need to try and over deliver every time I go and shoot. So yeah, you know, I think I think at Colorado it was. I ended up with like thirty three hundred shots once we'd sort of dumped stuff that wasn't in focus or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of photos. So, and how many would yeah. you have shot if in the film days? Um, I think the most I shot at a race once was probably forty or forty five rolls. So, yeah, that's that's still a lot of pictures, <laughs> and that's expensive. You know, yeah, yeah. A roll, well, how many? A roll of film yeah. and a roll to get it processed, probably twenty bucks. So oh, okay. That, that's a lot of money right there. Yeah, you have to. Some of my questions may seem really obvious, could be, but I'm. I'm I mean, I did. I do have a Canon Rebel, but yeah. set to the Running Man. Um, <laughs> running so, Man setting. Yeah, running but, Man setting, but I'm not. I'm not a photographer at all. So some of this stuff's really interesting to me. Um, yeah. Uh, and then also too, uh, so you have all these guys doing it. You have the camera that's out there that's great. Um, uh, and then what we talked about a little bit at Colorado. Like some people just feel like your images are just—I can just take this off the internet. I can right-click, save, and I can put this somewhere. And it's pro—it's kind of not that cool when you really think about it. Well, um, I like, think that you know, I—I kind of had a couple of episodes after Glen Helen this year where a couple companies um, took 
took my photos that I'd shot for for Racer X yeah. and for other and for other paying clients and decided it was okay to use them on their Instagram and their social media. And you know, their their yeah. their thing was like, Well we don't we don't know how it works. So I kinda had to you know <laughs> Tell them how it talk works. to those people a little bit like, Hey, you know, it's okay but you know, you either need to pay me or pay someone else or go shoot the photos yourself because yeah. I'm working really hard at these races and, yeah. and that stuff not free. Now, having said that, if it's, like I told you, at Thunder Valley, you know, if it's some little kid in Texas who wants to put, repost it on his, on his Instagram, no problem. But yeah. if, it's, if it's a real company, a commercial company that's making money by marketing my photos or using my photos as part of their marketing plan to, you know, you know make money, then I think, I think it's only fair that they have to pay for that stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's like, how do you, yeah, how do you police that? How do you look at it? It's, it's, I agree. Like even, you know, again, getting back to listen more, people just take us photos. They're just like, oh yeah, yeah. it's cool. It's on the internet, but it's yeah. kind of not, it's kind of a yeah, little it's deal. Not, yeah. It's not cool because that's not how it works. And like, yeah. you know, you start talking about legal stuff. Every time you take a photo, it's, it's copyrighted automatically. You yeah. don't have to file a photo, a file a form for every single photo you take with a copyright office. It's, yeah, historically yeah. that's how it is. So yeah, we can't just take stuff and you know. So I, I mean, I've been lucky. I've got I've got some really good clients, and yeah. uh, um, you know, and I, I I've been really lucky that I have some clients that appreciate the hard work I do and can tell a difference. Hopefully, that my stuff is better than the next guy. Yeah. You know, so are uh, are you are you like Lissamore a little bit, or some photographers I talk to that are. Um, they have really great photos, but they know it may not end up in print, and they're sad about that because print is just seeing your photo in print is different than seeing it online. Um, yeah, I mean a little bit. I mean, I I, I do some stuff for um, another magazine in, in Australia called Transmoto, mm-hmm. and I when I get that thing, it's awesome because it's it's oversized, the paper's really good, and yeah, yeah. You see the stuff, and you're like, man, this 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 is awesome, and then obviously. You know, every time I get Racer X, the first thing I do is flick through it and look at pictures and, you know, yeah. who's got what. And yeah, it's exciting to do that. But at the same time, it, um, from a business standpoint, with the, with the internet and, you know, Racer X Online and some other clients that I do stuff for, for, for web-based stuff, it's been, it's actually been really good, you know, because it's another opportunity to have your work be seen, you know? Yeah, um, true. Right, right. Maybe wallpapers or a race race photo gallery I think it lets me put up 120 photos in the gallery that may never be seen you know yeah that's true you're you right know, yeah, yeah. You know, 10 page feature in a magazine or something have you had photos well first let me get to this question first are cameras me being a little bit of a mechanical guy do cameras get updated like with this super cool bitch and stuff all the time like are you are your cameras constantly out of date could be or are you buying new cameras like what's it like for a guy like I'm into this podcasting stuff, right? So, yeah. um, my mixer, I'm looking at new mixers. Mine's about four years old, and there's all these bitching new ones out. And I think I look at it, and I'm like, oh man, I'd love to get it, but there's nothing wrong with my mixer right now, et cetera, et cetera. Are you like that with cameras? Are cameras advancing that much? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely tapered off, in my opinion. You know, in recent the recent recent two or three years, you know, once once it got to be a certain quality, like that I shoot with an Nikon D4 and it's really, really good. And unless they come out with one that 
is substantially better. I mean, they have a Nikon D4S that just came out. It's only got a few minor upgrades, but it's not like stuff where it's like doing doing stuff substantially better than the mm-hmm. camera I've got now. Whereas if you'd have bought a cam, the first camera I bought, the Canon, um, yeah, one uh, DS. When they bought the one DS two out, it was so much better. <laughs> you know, and yeah. then the one DS three came out, it was so much better. So. Yeah, I went through a stage where I was buying those, and those cameras were like eight grand each, like I said, so <laughs> it was expensive. Yeah, you're buying them every year because you want the best stuff. You want, you know. Yeah. Um, then this this is a bit of a techie question that's probably over my head, but uh, photographers are, are Nikon guys or they're Canon guys, right? You, yeah, you, that's you cannot, mostly, yeah. You cannot mix. You cannot. You have to. Some people believe Canon are the best, and some people believe Nikon are the best. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was a Canon guy up until, um, I think, two or three years ago. Maybe two years ago, I've had. I, I, now, I, now I shoot with Nikon. I made this huge leap of faith to switch, and I had tried out um, um, a Nikon D4 and a couple lenses and stuff, and it was just it was really good. And then when I did switch, I was able to sell all my Canon stuff, and, and yeah. you know, when, once I got the Nikon stuff, it wasn't that much money. The difference, you know. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah I, I was. I was really happy with with the switch, and yeah, I, I don't think I'd switch back because, like I say, the cameras are they're just so good now that there's you know there's no reason really to switch back. It, it, uh, is Canon or Nikon? I mean, if you are they in the sponsorship deals at all? Like, does anybody get free stuff? Is it just over the counter retail for for yeah even guys like yourself? Well, they um, like can, both Canon and Nikon have a thing called Pro Services and. Unfortunately, motocross is like this little dot in this landscape of <laughs> yeah. the Olympics and the NFL and all and the World Cup and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure there's guys that shoot for uh, magazines and stuff on staff and, and, and newspaper publications and all that kind of stuff that yeah. may get flowed some stuff. I know, I know Nikon, like if I, I could call and say, hey, I want to try this, you know, crazy big lens that... Yeah. But I don't want to spend twelve grand on it. Right. They was let me. I could get a loaner for a couple of weeks and try it out. You know. Oh, that's so cool. That, that's okay. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, what's what's a common, if there is, if you can uh, nail this down, is there a common mistake that a lot of amateur photographers do? If someone says, um, "Hey, look at my photo," what 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 you know? Is there something that you? What's the kind of advice would you give? You know, the backyard photographer guy. Yeah, well, it's got, you know, the number one thing it's got to be is in focus and sharp, you know. Don't, don't, you know, just the fact that you can record a guy on a bike going by you doesn't mean that it's a great photo. You know, it's got to be, the A1 thing has got to be in focus. Yeah. And then, like I said before, you've got to visualize the shot. So if you're standing in a corner and you're looking down the straight and the rider's coming at you into this corner, mm-hmm. and in the background you see a porta potty and some guy's bright red pickup truck. <laughs> right. Maybe maybe move twenty feet to the right and <laughs> this other and then it's trees and it's awesome, you know. So, so yeah. you've got to like think about what you're doing. Like it's not just and then hopefully the rider's doing something not just riding them down straight, you know, they're coming to a turn and you shoot it just as they hit yeah. the apex or something, you know. So you've got to like think ahead and think, is this a, is this gonna be a good photo before you take it, you know? Right, right. And and you see a lot of times guys aren't thinking like that? Well, I mean, I, I had a couple, couple of friends or acquaintances that went to Supercross and shot from the stands, and they're like, "Oh, I, I got these photos." And you look at them, you're like, you look at it 
sort of as a little thumbnail on your email and you open it up and it's it's just not in focus and it's not yeah it's not technically good you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's difficult because they're like what do you think and you're like uh yeah 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 good job um and also too something that guys don't realize not so much for supercross but uh ama outdoor nationals uh 100 degree weather you guys are look like your sherpas going up to everest all the photographers uh you're carrying around lenses and cameras and backpacks and and supplies and, and by the end of the day man uh there's no there's no real breaks anymore you know uh yeah you guys work your asses off yeah i mean it's 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 difficult. I mean, we're lucky this year so far that it hasn't been super hot. But I know, you know, any any one of these next rounds, it could be hot. And yeah, you know, I I started carrying. You know, it's not <laughs> you start just carrying everything. You like you look at your camera bag, and go, well, I might need that. Oh, I might need that. And, you might, and all of a sudden, you've got your pocket stuff and yeah, a couple cameras. Like you know, I I use two bodies, four lenses. I carry some other electronic stuff for for sending photos, and mm. it's just yeah. It's heavy, and then you know I started wearing a Camelback at the races just because trying to carry warm bottles of water around in your pocket all day. Right, right, you know. Yeah, you guys are gnarly, and then now you got an iPad too, and you're getting photos uploaded at at record speed and stuff. Man, it's it's crazy. Like, yeah, I mean that that was something that I sort of thought about. You know, me myself and Steve Guyberson from Vital MX were the first guys to do that, and we sort of, you know shared a couple of secrets with each other and, yeah. you know, we were able to beat everyone else to the punch by quite some time. So yeah. that was really good. And it's, it's actually saved me a lot of time at the races. Like you said, at nationals, there's not a lot of time now after practice and then yeah. until the first moto. So now that I can upload stuff on the fly to, to RaceRx's Instagram mm-hmm. and that, that stuff now propagates on RaceRx's website. So I don't have to do a, gallery per se in the middle of the day of from practice you know so yeah, it's, yeah. it's actually saved me some time so that's good yeah it's crazy how, if, how how gnarly it's getting and how crazy fast that is like practice one is over and there's a shot of barsha already in his gear yeah you know whatever happened at that track it, it's just yeah it's, it's insane it, but it's it's hard though i mean you're i know that some of these races that we're going to come to and i had it happen a couple of times at supercross where no matter what i did i couldn't get a decent signal to send a photo and you're just sort of like really frustrated because you (laughs) you just want to send your picture and you know get it over with and you know trying all these different ways to do it so when uh when coombs doesn't give you the cover racer x you still get pissed oh yeah for sure i mean i'm i'm (laughs) I'm as competitive as the next guy i mean you are no you are like one thing you can tell from knowing you over the years i've known you for a long time is yeah very competitive uh out there and it's probably why you know you're the best out there well i i i appreciate that i mean i you know and our day, it's been a while since someone else got a cover of Race Rex and, mm-hmm. and but like if it if it comes up, you know, it's Davy's magazine and it's up to Davy. You know, if, if somebody gets a better photo of Filipoto or Dungey or one of yeah. the, one of those guys and it gets on the cover, then you know yeah. I'm not stoked about it, but I'm like, hey, it's, you know, yeah. Davy's cool, and you know that's why I like you said I work so hard is to try and get I, I want I want that cover every month for sure. Well, when's the last time you didn't get a cover that was not a European rider? Uh, say that one more time. <laughs> when, when's the last time you didn't get a cover didn't. that that was not a European rider who you didn't have a photo of? So an Everett, oh, right. Everett's or you um, know one of these guys or Charlie Brown or you know was yeah Charlie Brown. Absolutely. You didn't no. shoot that one, I don't think. <laughs> no, I didn't shoot that one. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure it, I'm sure it was probably yeah 
it wasn't that long ago for sure, but right, I know right. recently I've been really lucky to to get the covers and and like, and it doesn't mean a lot to me, you know. And, yeah. and when I when I see magazine features and you know I always look and oh yeah, I'm I'm glad when they use that stuff. And I I have a couple clients like I shoot some stuff for um, Adam Wheeler at mm-hmm. um, OTOR, and that's a digital online magazine. And it's funny because he he just grabs photos from my my photo links that I supplied to him and right. you know he, he's he's like Davey it's like it's almost like they like the same photos that I like yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll see a photo yeah. show up I'm like oh I'm glad they chose that you know it might right. not be the, uh, the I, most I buy p- photos from you here and there for pulp uses and yeah. uh, funny because Chase Stallow and I picked the same lead in photo after Glenn Helen like for the yeah. a race report we picked the same photo we're like yeah. it's Roxanne and Dungey was right there and coming yeah. into your turn and I don't know. I guess you're just like that. Just catches your. That's just the race itself, right there. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and that's the hard thing. It's like, you know, I do shoot millions of photos at every race, and you know, just trying to get that one photo. And that's what you know. Going back to what you were saying about the guy on the fence that might get the shot. I actually had a really good, um, good experience earlier in the year when Chad Reed won that Supercross. Um, what was that? A two yeah. or yeah, he won A two and won A three. Yeah, when you won A2, and I'm like, the thing is, there's so many photographers now that at the end of the race, you try and get that finish line shot, and then you've got to go to the podium, because if you don't, then you're not going to get the podium shot, and I need those for for not just for race directs, but for other clients, too. Yeah. So, you know, Chad had finished, and he's over the other entire other side of the stadium. He's climbing up on the wall, and he's kneeling down by his bike, and I didn't get any of those shots. So, like, yeah. I started seeing those. I was like, oh, man, I didn't get any of those shots. And a guy out of the blue texted me and he goes hey what do you think about this shot and he was sitting in the stands probably 20 rows back and chad got up on the on the wall and put his arms up in the air and it's like this really great shot and uh i asked him i said hey can you know that's a great shot and yeah. can, can we post it on race direct instagram and he said yeah no problem and the, the thing got like ten thousand hits i mean it, yeah. was, it was a great photo and i i just you you saw sort of, Realize yourself that you can't be everywhere all the time, and, and yeah. you know you're going to miss shots like that because you're not sitting in the twentieth row of the stands. You know, right, so. right. Um, so talking about you know that's a great photo, and it's a it's a celebration photo from Chad winning. Do you sometimes feel uh, in 2001 Langston's wheel breaks, he's crying on the side of the track, uh, or say some crashes where a guy's in obvious pain, or I whatever? Do you feel like sometimes you're like I, I should put the camera down? Yeah, oh, for sure. Okay. I mean, I when I was talking earlier with you about um, going to Carmichael's place and when he crashed in the woods. Yeah. Um, and it's literally it's four thirty in the afternoon. We shot a couple sets of gear, and he's like, "Okay, I'm going to wear this last set of gear. I'm going to do a twenty lap moto." And I mean, he was like really going fast. I mean, yeah. obviously Ricky goes fast, but he right. was going fast. And I think it was like lap eighteen, and he he crashed his brains out in the woods went over the bars, the bike landed on the back of his leg, and, you know, there's silence. I mean, there's nothing out there, there's yeah. silence. Yeah. And, like, his mom, I could see his mom start coming over because she, you know, she couldn't hear the bike anymore. So, anyway, she comes over, and he'd, he'd already, like, pulled his riding pants down, and he had, like, boxes on it. He'd, like, lifted the back of a boxer leg up, and you could see this sort of hole yeah. the size of a quarter, like a core sample in the back of his leg. Right. And he was, like, he looked back at it, and he was, like, oh, man. And then he... I think it start, you know, kind of shock set in and he dropped to his knees. And now he's on his knees and on his hands and knees and he's got blood coming out the back of his leg. And I was like, I had my camera and I was like, 
no, you can't you can't take that picture. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, out of out of respect, but you know, there's been times at Supercross where they haven't wanted us to shoot crash photos or or somebody getting taken off in the in the actress yeah. rig, and I, I kind of don't really understand that because it's part of the story. It's on live TV. Everyone's yeah. seen it. You, you're not really hiding stuff. Yeah. So I think. Yep. I think maybe from a legal liability standpoint or something, if something did happen later on, they don't, you know, they don't want you to shoot photos of that stuff. Yeah, so. yeah. Have you ever have you ever been asked by a team or a rider? Obviously, there's the Ricky thing, but is is there anything else where they're like, hey, can you not publish that or can you not 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 use that? Um, I'm I'm always really wary about um, you know, right, like. Like with KTM, I, uh, yesterday yeah. or uh, yeah, yesterday they went out to Clear Creek for this this dealer meeting, and um, the night before, I was talking to Roger DeCosta, and he's like, or, or Stephanie, who's the PR lady from KTM, mm-hmm. and she said, well, like, the riders are going to go out early, and they're going to, you know, the three, you know, Kenny and uh, Marvin and and Duns were going to go out there early and and ride to get their motor in before the dealers went on the track. Yep. And I said, well, can I go out early and shoot? And she asked Roger, and Roger's like, uh, yeah, I think they should have the right graphics and the right, so, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, all the yeah. right stuff on. So, yeah. you know, you, you always got to be really careful about that stuff. And I know, um, I think I got into it with Brown Dog Wilson quite some time ago, and he's a good friend of mine now, but back in the day, he'd go to the test tracks and sort of hide up on the hill behind the fence and shoot these photos yeah. of, of guys on the track. And, you know, they don't, at the test track, they don't always have the right graphics or the right helmet, or they're wearing the wrong. They're t- trying out a different brand of goggles or something, and right. all it's going to do is get somebody in trouble. So, I'm I'm really really wary about that. So, to, yeah, to answer your question, the yeah. only time I would be asked not to publish something would usually because the rider's not wearing the right goggles or the, he's got the wrong boots on or something. You know? Right, right. Yeah. No, as a mechanic, uh, I've been on teams where not me, but someone on the team has shoot away photographers because we were doing something that. We didn't want to talk, you know, taking a photo, like testing. Oh, yeah, photo. definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, we've been like, you know, hey, it, guys, can we just... Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I've had that before, I guess. Yeah, like, I'll, I was going to go to the Cowie track once, and I think Pete Pro Circuit were testing there, and, you know, that to the average layman like me who, yeah, I know I know what a motocross bike looks like, but I couldn't tell you what forks they're running or whatever, right, you right. know, and obviously those guys know every little minute detail of that, and they just don't want anyone else to see that stuff that they were running, you know? Yeah. So... Um, all right, let's take a break here on the uh, Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing, the btosports.com. Um, don't forget to use the code PulpMX on checkout at btosports.com. And, of course, Fox Racing, the global innovation leader of motocross racewear, foxhead.com. Listen to this Race Tech commercial and save yourself big money at Race Tech by using the code PulpMX14. And uh, I guarantee you some of you people listening to this need some suspension work done. So take a listen to this commercial, and we'll be right back with uh, the great Simon Cudby. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 
30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Simon, is there is there one or two or three photos that you've shot that stand out over all the other? Like, I know this is like asking you know, maybe an impossible question, but what's your greatest photo, could be? Well, um, I've shot a lot of photos. Yes, I mean, yes. I always, I always try and, you know, record the race and get get those sort of images and like I said before it's been in the right place at the right time and I think there was a practice photo of Ricky it may have been a race photo I can't remember from Millville in mm-hmm. 2003 I think it was and I was going through my photos on the plane and um, we, you know looking at the photos and um, I see this photo of Ricky going through the turn mm-hmm. and he's got his he's got his throttle you know his, his grip his throttle side is digging on the inside of this turn and yeah. I didn't really think it was like the greatest photo at first and then 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 we saw that and I was like oh yeah that, that's pretty cool so when people see that and you, if you ride a lot you know people people study photos and when you see that you're like oh yeah. wow that's really cool you know but they like you say it's pure luck on my I was just in the right place at the right time and yeah that was able to get the shot you know yeah you I know? think of uh, I think of Hoppin's photo of Wyndham bar dragging Bud's Creek yeah uh yeah Stone, Carl Stone's got the Josh Grant, uh, Glenn Helen floater one. Yeah, for sure. You know, there's just these epic photos that you remember over the years, and I was wondering if, you know, a couple stuck out for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I haven't got anywhere I'm just like, oh, well, that's that's the photo. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. we shot some stuff with, um, uh, not race stuff, but some stuff at Glamis earlier this year for for Fox, who's yeah. one, one of my clients. And Kenny and, and Ryan were out there. Ryan Dungey, and uh, um, they were just, you know, hitting these sand burns and all this kind of stuff, and we brought out lighting and all that. So yeah. when I look at those photos, I'm like, well, it's a bit, it's a bit, you know, they're a bit special than your sort of one o'clock in the afternoon race photo at a, at a national, you know? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. Um, you also, uh, you also um, shoot uh, NASCAR for mechanics wear. How's that? Um, it's different. I mean, I, I didn't actually go this year to Daytona, um, first, but I went. That's going to be your first time in a, in a long time, right? Yeah, probably ten or twelve years because I, I started shooting. Actually, started in the sport because of because of those guys. Um, Todd Huffman, who is now a successful, uh, you know, movie producer and and such. He used to be a marketing director at GT Bicycles in mm-hmm. the mid nineties, and I. Uh, I was shooting for GT, shooting a lot of mountain bike and BMX and road racing stuff. And I hadn't really, I wasn't really into motocross and I hadn't really ridden before or anything. And yeah. I, I did a, I actually did a shoot with Jeremy McGrath, I think in 2000, oh, I mean, uh, I'm not saying 2000, it was like 90, <laughs> 94, maybe yeah, not 2004, yeah. 94. And, uh, I didn't really know who he was or whatever, but, um, anyway, GT was distributing Axo BMX gear and that. I met the Axo guys and I went to my first Supercross in 96, um, in Orlando. And 
uh, and then they, then Axo started, those guys, Jim Hale and John Caper and that, started developing mechanics way more and in the auto industry. And I think I went to my first one of those. Yeah. yeah it's probably, probably 98, 99, maybe, yeah. something like that. So, yeah, but it's, it's really different. I mean, it's, I go to a motocross race and after all these years, you kind of know everyone and, right. you know, all the mechanics and you feel like, you kind of feel like part of the family, but you go to NASCAR and it's just like, I don't know anyone and you've got no, you know, I know I can go to the KTM pits or the Cali pits yeah. or whatever and yeah. I walk in and everyone's cool with me being there because they know I'm not going to sneak a photo of something I'm not supposed to or anything, right. but right. Uh, at NASCAR, it's, it's, you're, you know, you're on your own. You don't really know anyone. So yeah, it's, it's different for you, sure. You can't ask the guy, Hey, hold that tire with your glove out this way and let me yeah. take a photo yeah. of it. Well, we used to go around and just try and see guys wearing the stuff in natural yeah. environment and try and get that shot, but it was so difficult to get that perfect moment. So we started, actually, we did start, like, posing up some shots and that, and then, obviously, once the guys are on the pit wall and the car and the race is going on, yeah. the majority of the guys on, on pit lane are wearing that stuff anyway, so right. it's easier then to get those get those right. shots. But uh, it's uh, it's, <laughs> it's different, like I say. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of car racing, and... Mm-hmm. NASCAR is just a different different kind of thing. I, I, I'm into open wheel. Like, um, right. like I say, when I was a kid, I'd go and shoot Formula One stuff with my dad, test days and that, you Which know, you back mean? when you could just show up and, you know, shoot photos. Well, it, it was good. Like, are we talking uh, Silverstone, like the, the big race track in England? Well, they, yeah, they used to actually alternate the Formula One races in England. It, it, like, now it's Silverstone every year, but it used to alternate between Silverstone and Brands Hatch. Oh, that's right, Brands and, Hatch, right, yeah. Yeah, and Brands Hatch was only... A, about an hour and a half from where we live, so you know, if we knew there was a Formula One test on a Tuesday or something, yeah. I was off school. My dad would take me down there, and we'd go and hang out for the day and just watch guys drive around. And uh, it's funny, I was talking to somebody the other day about it, and um, that was when like Keke Rosberg was racing, and you know, his son Nico Rosberg now is is winning a lot of stuff. And um, Aaron Senna used to race there in a Formula Four sixteen hundred, which was sort of the really lowest class. You know, it was basically a monocoque with four wheels on it. It had no uh-huh. no uh, uh, aerodynamics at all, really. And uh, I guess he, he used to race, you know, when I, when I was shooting there, too. So I'd go and shoot a bunch of basically black and white stuff. And I had a friend at school that would develop stuff for me and print it, you know. Yeah. I, I, did, uh, I did one of these with Jim Hale. And getting back to the mechanics work thing, it's, it's insane how big that company is. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. It's nuts, I mean, right? I, I, I owe... You know, the person I owe the most to in this sport is Davey Coons, without a doubt. But mm-hmm. uh, Jim Hale and John Caper from Mechanics Square, and, you know, when it was AXO back then and, and yeah. Renthal as well, you know, I owe those guys a huge amount as well, for sure. And Todd Huffman for getting me into it, you know? Right, right. Did you, uh, so when did you, like, okay, so how did you come to America? Did you, were you here before then? <laughs> or, like, what happened? Well, well, I went to college in England. This is kind of a funny story. And I think I've probably told you it before, but uh, um, I left England when I was 18. I went to college for a couple of years doing photography and, you know, it was sort of a really sort of um, uh, strict school and it wasn't that creative, you know. And at the end of, end of term, basically, before we were all leaving, we'd, we'd seen this trade journal called the British Journal of Photography and in the back there were all these job opportunities you know like mm-hmm. medical photographer and yeah or a newspaper guy or whatever and you try you know we're all just writing off resumes to all these different jobs and one of the jobs said cruise ship photographer <laughs> 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 so <laughs> yeah 
Yes, I did it. I left England when I was 18, and I ended up in the Bahamas and the Caribbean and uh, did that for quite some time. And it was, you know, it was really good money. Um, I was in the Bahamas. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in England. 18, 19, away from the rainy England and down in the Bahamas. That's right. Um, what were you taking photos of, though? What kind of stuff? Oh, well, you're on a cruise ship. And I, if you've ever, ever been on a cruise, you always get those photographers that have for you to take your picture and then oh, post them yeah. after you yeah. I was that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you were that guy. Yeah, I was that guy. But, you know, I look at it, when I think back to it, obviously it opened up, you know, a huge opportunity for me. And I learned a lot about business doing that. And obviously traveling a lot was a really good experience. And uh, saw saw lots of places. I was in the Mediterranean for six months and, you know, Morocco and Brazil and yeah, all these yeah. different places. So for me, it was like a, a, a huge opportunity. And, you know, I, I always, I, it's hard now, though, because obviously my parents and my sister and that are still back in England. Yeah. And it, it's pretty difficult because I've, I've been gone there now for, for 30 years. So right. that's, that's huge. So, you know? Okay, so how do you go from cruise shipping to GT bicycles? Well, my wife was from California, and I, met, I actually met her on a cruise ship. Oh, Hello. okay. Nice. <laughs> no, but she was. She was a nice girl. Let's put it that way. So she was with another. Um, she was with another. She was with another dude, though. No. Oh. Okay. She, she was on a cruise with a grandma. Oh. Okay. All right. Yeah. Come on. I'm. <laughs> I'm just. I was thinking you stole her away from some guy. I yeah, was I was a real player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you met. So, no. Okay. So that's. So you really. You didn't come to America to shoot photos. You married. You fell in love with an American woman. Yeah. Yeah. And she. She was living in California, and I was in the Bahamas, and I bought a place in Miami. Um, she ended up moving out there, and we lived there for two years. And then uh, we ended up coming back over to California, and ended up, you know, yeah. obviously ended up getting married. And then um, I started assist. I started assisting for a lot of local uh, photographers, commercial photographers. I had obviously had no idea we're in this area or anything. yeah, yeah, right. All these, all these faceless buildings out here, and you have no idea what's going on inside. And I met this uh, um, German guy, uh, Rudy, who worked for a company called Perry's Camera and um, he, he'd he been around a while and I went in and I started talking to him and anyway 10 minutes later he's like well you sound like a nice guy I'm going to help you get some assisting work so he hooked me up with a couple of photographers and mm-hmm. I did a lot of work for those guys um, like one guy I think it was 92 we, we shot all the Nissan the big glossy brochures that you get oh, in the car dealerships yeah. we yep. shot all that stuff for Nissan and that was a huge that was like a five month photo shoot so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. And then yeah. after that, ended up doing some doing some cycling, some mountain bike stuff. And then I had uh, I knew who Todd was, and I hit him up at one of the trade shows, and the time was right. And then I ended up working for those guys. They had an in-house studio, and yeah. I was still able to go shoot other stuff. So that was that's how I was able to go shoot for AXO and rent yeah. all of that as well. So it was perfect. They're like, hey, go to this thing called thing called you know, a bunch of guys on dirt bikes, and you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, you know, not dropping any names or anything, but, you know, like Jeremy McGrath, to this day, every time I see him, it's, it's you know, we're like, we're, we're good, we're good friends. Like, we don't go, we don't, don't go to the beach with our kids and stuff together, but whenever we see each other, we're really good friends. And yeah. that comes from, like, when I shot him for GT and I had right. no idea who the guy was. <laughs> right. You know, they, right. We made this ad for the Supercross program and there was, you know, his, his CRT50 and his GT BMX bike and his GT mountain bike and yeah, yeah. You know, 
I shot that, and then the next year when I shot him again, I kind of, I did know who he was, and I was like, oh man, I had no idea. <laughs> it was pretty funny. He was laughing. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're like, wow, so thirty thousand people, you know, uh, yeah, yelling, yelling, uh, yelling your name, and now I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Now I get it. Yeah, because I like I say I. I I didn't grow up riding dirt bikes or anything. Right. We had we had ten speeds and that was about it, and, and yeah. skateboards and that was it. Because you know back then nobody nobody in the town I lived in in England could afford a dirt bike, and uh, uh, you know so I didn't start riding until '95. So I was I was quite old at that point, and uh, had a couple friends, and we 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 all bought bikes together at the same time, and sort of went from there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, did you shoot Bradshaw a lot in '97? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I can remember because he was he was running for Axo yeah. and Manchester Honda, and right. uh, I can remember going to Coliseum and shooting pictures of you know him him racing and that. So yeah, we ended up right back then. I didn't used to go to every race. Yeah, I'd go to three or four, you know, here and there. But right. that was right. it. So um, yeah, now you're well, you're pretty much an every race guy now, right? You weren't for a couple of years, but yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing with with. Um, you're getting clients now. There's this. Back then, it used to be like, well, we'll get we'll get a bunch of photos from this couple races, right. and then we'll we'll use them for ads throughout the year. But now it's like with social media and 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 obviously stuff like Facebook, and then obviously websites for the companies. They need to feed that stuff with new material, and uh, the fact that you know I, I have started going to every round has been really good for me because now. That's the first thing client will ask. You say, "Hey, I'm going to go to some races next year, and yeah. you need images." And the first thing they say is, "Are you going to go to every one?" Every one. So <laughs> you're like, "Crap, yes." Yeah, you're like, "Yes, oh, <laughs> don't, don't." Yeah. Um. Oh, good times. Is uh, is your number one source of frustration in your professional life the maps of su- shooting Supercross and how the promoters, for what they call safety reasons. It's making it harder and harder for you guys to kind of wander around the track. Is that, would you say, the most frustrating part of your job? Um, it's funny because I used to get really fired up about that stuff. You did? You know, I'd be yeah. Like, I'd be like, I'm trying to do my job, you know, thinking to myself. I would never say to them, but I'm thinking like, you know, I'm trying to do my job and these people are trying to stop me. But yeah. now I've come to the point where it's like, okay, it's for a reason and um, that's the way it's going to be. And yeah. there's nothing like there's nothing you can do about it. You know, that's how it's going to be. There's nothing you can do about it. They're, yep. they're paying insurance and, and liability stuff, and they've got to make sure that everyone's safe. So, yeah, yeah I, used, I used to be angry about it, but I don't care anymore. The thing that, I mean, I, I think the thing that bugs me now is the fact that there are so many media passes given out, and yeah. I, have, I would have to guess that half of those people are not what you would call quote-unquote professional photographers, but are doing it for for a media outlet that you know some news outlet so um yeah well there there's a lot of websites out there cover sport and motocross that again i wonder how are you making any money at this yeah (laughs) i I mean mean, it's expensive to go to a race i mean well yeah if if you're going to fly to a race and rent a car and stay in a hotel uh it's a thousand bucks at least on average you know so, yeah, no, I I, I wonder. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I hear you. Um, uh, favorite rider to shoot? Do you have one? Is there a style? Um, Ricky? I mean, maybe Ricky? Yeah. I mean, Ricky. Ricky for sure. I mean, I've tried him so many times. Yeah. Um, Kevin Windham is, is really good. Um, and it, it's, it's funny because, like, 
there's not many riders. Well, there's, <laughs> there aren't any riders that I, that I like. I mean, I think all these guys that ride are, yeah. you know, really talented. And for the most part, I, I mean, I don't know all of them very well, but mm-hmm. the, the guys that I do know are always really nice. And uh, so, it's, you know, it's hard for me to say, well, yeah, that guy. But for sure, you know, Ricky, for sure, uh, Wyndham, and then, you know, the KTM guys like Marvin and Kenny, yeah. um, you know, Villapoto. Dungey, sure. Dungey's always good to shoot because I've done a lot of fox shoots down at Ricky's right. house in right. Florida with with Dungey and Ricky, and you know we try and keep it lighthearted and everyone's having a good time, and right. you know we're all trying to we're all trying to just do good work and 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 uh, um, keep everyone happy, you know. Is, and with, you can tell us as much as you want or as little as you want, but if you, if a fan's wondering like what what pays really good for a photographer, is it a is it a client like Fox? Where they they pay you X amount and they expect you to do four or five shoots. Is it a magazine work that brings in your income? Like what, what pays really well for you? Well, I think I think the key, you know, the key. Like I say, you, I get these emails from 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 kids, you know, young adults that are like, yeah. "Hey, I want I want to do that. I want to do that." And you have to look at stuff uh, as much as you don't want to because you're a quote unquote artist. Uh-huh. You have to look at stuff as a business, and you have to say, "Okay, I'm gonna." I, ha- I need I need to get to the races. I need to make a salary. I need to pay my mortgage. I need to you know put food on the table for your wife and kids. And yeah. you know it's got to be it's got to be that. And I think that that's what I was saying earlier about credentials. I mean I know a lot of guys that you can't make enough money just shooting motocross. You have to have a you know yeah. Monday you went uh, you know a midweek job and then go to the races at the weekend and hope that one yeah. day you could transition. And not do your midweek job, but the chances of that happening are, are, are pretty slim. And I, I've been incredibly lucky and fortunate to be in the right place at the right time and meet people like Davy Coombs and Jim Hale, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, be able to make business out of it. I, I did that, like I said, I did that podcast with uh, uh, with uh, Hale, and I don't know the guy. I just cold, literally cold emailed him and then cold called him. What a nice guy! Yeah. What a oh, really, yeah. really cool guy. He's a really good guy, yeah. And he, um, I think last, that first trip I went in '96 to, to Orlando Supercross, it was myself and John Caper, who was who worked in the art department, and uh, uh, he, uh, he was a huge for me. He's like, "You got to buy a 300 millimeter lens." I'm like, "Really?" He goes, "Oh yeah, yeah. you got to buy a 300." And I bought one, and it was like a game changer, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but obviously, Jim was on that trip too, and uh, uh, we went to my first ever basketball game pro basketball game in in um orlando what's what's that team orlando magic yeah that would be it yeah <laughs> those guys <laughs> and we yeah it was it was a really good night and jim just he's got a funny sense of humor he's he's really successful and uh yeah i mean the guys the guys work work the system and and deserves everything that he's got for sure yeah yeah no absolutely are there photographers in the sport or outside of the sport that you admire their work. You you think uh, some good stuff, like good looking stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of um, Formula One, and there's a couple couple shooters there. Um, there's a guy called Darren Heath that used to shoot for F1 Racing Magazine, I think, but mm-hmm. his stuff's really good. Um, but he shoots a lot of stuff that's not obvious, right? And yep. I think which is like you know, guy coming through the turn. You know, perfectly exposed. Everything's good. A little bit of good action. He shoots other stuff that's like, you know, 
through the fence and there's a tire in the foreground and this this other guy in the background and yeah, it's yeah. just like a really creative shot and I find myself not thinking about shooting that kind of stuff so much just because I have I don't a I don't know where it's going to end up who's going who's going to use that you right, know right. because uh, so I end up shooting like what I call the poster shot which is a guy doing a big whip or blowing right. out a berm right. or or doing something like that but. Yeah, that that guy Darren Heath, he's really really good. Um, big big fan of his work. Um, that uh, that brings that reminds me. Uh, you shoot Renthal, right? Uh, yeah, I shoot some stuff. So in Renthal, yeah, those Renthal ads over the years. There's been some iconic Renthal ads. They've really, if there was a motorcycle advertising award, Renthal may have you know be a ten time champion at this point because their back cover stuff is always really good. Whose idea is that stuff? Yours? Theirs? Across? Um. It's not mine. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, have a deal with those guys, and I pretty much supply them with stuff. And yeah. um, they have a guy, a, not, a good guy in Seattle called his name's Dean Josick. He's an art director, and um, he comes. And Dean is like an old school art director, meaning that he he was working in the '80s and the '90s when you had these accounts with big budgets, and you could, yeah. you know, he he was a key part in that Inside Motocross uh, magazine with oh, yeah, Jim yeah. Hale. Yeah. Um, so Dean. He's been around a lot. He's really creative, and he he, he makes some really great ads. But like the mil, like the Unadilla fog mist shot, the Millville uh, ruts and jump shot, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so he, yeah, he, you you know, I I just I try and think like when I'm shooting. You know, we were talking earlier about like pre-visualizing yeah. what the shot's going to look like. I'm always thinking like, well, how would that work? You know. At, Okay, if this guy's off to one side, then it could work as a spread for this story we're doing in Rachel X of this rider. You right. know what I mean? So you, you sort of start thinking in those terms yeah. as well. But like the Unadilla miss shot, that wasn't for Renthal per se. No, no, it's just a shot. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I shot some of those. I think I think Paul Buckley shot one for those guys once. Okay. And maybe that, I don't know if that was my shot or his yeah. shot that they used a few years ago. But yeah, I mean, yeah. and also, you know, there are some photographers that I owe a lot to from the sport that don't really shoot at the races much anymore. You know, Paul Buckley being one of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, Joe Bonello, um, and there's guys that have been around a long time at Kenny Jones, so I really liked him. And, I'm know, pissed stuff, at him. His stuff's really good, you know. I'm, um, pissed, at, I'm pissed at Buckley because what? I I use him on Pulp. I, I, he sent, I, I'm allowed to look at all his archives um, from over the years. And because he's really good and he's, a, he's an ace photographer – he has these archive photos of all these riders, and dude, I'm not telling you. I'm telling you, 60% of these photos are black and white. Yeah. And I hate black and white. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I want to see these colors and fo- these photos in color, and I'm always like, Jesus, Buckley, this is such an awesome yeah. photo, but it's black and white. Yeah, yeah. But then I think, ah, he's an artist. I guess he thinks the black and white is cool, but. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, maybe he shot a lot of races. I mean, I, I'd say I didn't start shooting until 96 in motocross, so yeah. I know Paul was around a lot before that. And Yeah, these are all from you know, the 80s and stuff, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I felt bad um, for Paul because I know that, you know, over the years, he, 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 was, he was, and when he was still shooting, was the top guy. Mm-hmm. And he, he went out, like there were some guys that came into the sport and sort of, this is a big problem in our sport too with new photographers is guys coming in and just undercutting on price. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, Paul just saw, I mean, he had some clients and then some people came in and took his clients and undercut him. And he's just like, I I just can't do this anymore. It's just too, 
like, I'm not working that hard to make that little money. It's just not worth it, you know. So yeah. I know he's successful now doing what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, good good luck to him, you know, for sure. But like I say, he's a big inspiration for me. And every time I see Paul, he's always humble and nice. And yeah, great guy. He's, he's just a great guy, yeah. Do you like black and white? Are you with him on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I before I was shooting moto, I mean, I, I was... I had a studio photography background, but even before that, I was into, like, landscape photos. So, of course, you know, and, and old war photographers, there's a guy called um, Don McCullen, an English guy, and, um, you know, Robert, Robert Kappa, all these, like, iconic war photographers, and it was all kind of, like, black and white stuff. So, I mean, I, I've done a couple of things. I actually posted an Instagram photo of Blake Baggett that I found from um, Lake Whitney, uh-huh. I think it was 2006 or whatever, and it, it's a black and white shot, and it's... You know, it's, it's kind of faking it now, obviously, because all the digital cameras shoot color and you yeah. convert them and tweak them. So it's not really, you haven't really gone out and shot black and white film, and that's what mm-hmm. you're left with. So, um, but yeah, I, I like it. I think it's cool. Do you, so let me add, again, this could be a really dumb question. So those photos I'm looking at from Buckley are all in the mid-80s, right? Early to, to late 80s. Yeah. He would load black and white film for that, right? Yes. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't yeah. know how that worked. I, I figured yeah, that was because- it, so. I mean, maybe, I mean, I, I don't know enough about the history of the sport. Um, you know, maybe he was shooting for a certain publication back then that just required black and white. Well, yeah. All the, all, negative prints, all, you know. All the old magazines were rarely color, right? They were. Yeah, yeah. So why, you know, he's not going to go out of his way to spend all that extra money shooting color when he just needs black and white, you know? Well, come on, Buckley, because it's 2014, yeah. and I want to see these photos in color. <laughs> so, anyways, it's my only great. That's actually a good, a good thing, actually, to talk about for a sec, is, is photos that we've shot with film. I mean, I have binders and binders and binders of, yeah. of uh, slides. And I'm like, people are like, well, why didn't you get those scanned and archive them? I'm like, why? I mean, it's just like yeah. somebody out of the blue is going to call me up and say, oh, we need a, <laughs> you know, we need a 1997 photo of, of uh, you know, Jeff yeah. Emig or Glenn Helen going through turn one and, Oh yeah, here it is. And here's and five grand, like, okay. and we'll pay five grand for it, right? Yeah. No, no, we'll pay twenty five dollars for it. Right, <laughs> like, right. Like, forget it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's true. Like, yeah, Paul's done this because you know, I mean, you can go on Buckley Photos and you can order some prints, you know, for your wall. I've got, yeah. I've got six or seven prints of his from the eighties uh, that I've used, bought and poster, made posters yeah. out of them. Um, so he's done that for business. But you're right. There, what do you do? It's kind of lost by the wayside, right? I mean, yeah, it's really. Yeah. I mean, I've. I know RaceWorks has got a lot of that stuff at their office, and they have a really good archive system. So, you know, if Davey needs a photo of someone, they can pretty much put their hands on it pretty quickly, I would think. But yeah. but for me, I mean, I, I, have, I have binders of stuff, and I think I'm just going to go to UPS one day and pack it all up and send it to Davey and say, hey, yeah. here's, here's all my stuff. Because, you know, people think about, like, these libraries of photos. They must be worth something. Well, they're only worth something if somebody wants to use them. And yeah. Nobody wants to use them, so yeah, I, uh, it's not worth anything. Well, we did that Moto Triple X feature, right? And yeah. I'm not kidding you. I asked every guy that was around back then, including yourself, yeah. and everyone's like, nah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have a good system. I don't have any. I don't yeah. know where to look. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. So Yeah, I, I think back then I was shooting for Axo at that rate. At that, well, the, yeah. the Coliseum race, I was yeah. shooting for Axo, and I think I gave a lot of stuff to them, and they ended up, when companies get bought and sold as well, stuff goes missing. So I know when, when I when GT bikes they got bought by someone else, there was a whole filing cabinet full of photos that just disappeared. So yeah. you know, 
that 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 stuff happens. So yeah, it's like, if you shoot, that's that's the other thing with digital. That's that's a positive. I I would say is that you know when you shot slide film back in the film days, mm-hmm. you'd send your you'd send your client all this all this film, and now you now you don't have it anymore. Yeah. With digital, you still got you still got your raw files and your original files and. You can just send copies to your clients, so yeah. it's, it's actually really good. So from 2003 onwards, yeah, you know, yes. Racer X has, I have my stuff on hard drives, and Racer X has everything yeah. digitally stored and everything, so it's good. How many hard drives do you have, Cubby? <laughs> well, somebody called me for a picture today, and I was going through. I got like 20 hard drives. And, <laughs> you know, you st- I actually had one that had the original original firewire on it, and I it wouldn't. I couldn't even have a socket in the back of my computer for it. Right, so I was right, like, yeah. I went out, my wife got an old iMac, and I was able to plug it in there, but (laughs) that's when, like, you had a big hard drive, it had 250 gigs on it, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're like, it's huge! (laughs) Yeah, and it's slow, and it's clunky, and yeah, it's, it's, I I do definitely need to organize that stuff a bit more, that's for sure. Yeah, you're like me, you'll get to it when you get to it, right? Like, yeah. um, Well, hey, thanks for doing this, man, I appreciate it, I think, I think people uh, really uh, will dig the the stories and how you got started, And, and you know, again, there's, a lot of amateur photographer guys out there that that uh, you know look at this stuff. Uh, I'm not one of them. I, I have a I have a hard time um, you know appreciating a great photograph. I got to admit, but there's some guys who just love it, and um, um, they'll be pumped to hear this. I think so. Yeah, I think I think like one one last word of advice. Yeah, you know, I, my my quote unquote career in this industry has been based on meeting the right people at the right time, and obviously doing good work. So, you know. For you to make it in this, the stars have got to align. But but the main but the main thing is you got you got to do really good work to to get noticed by someone, and then hopefully you start thinking in a business standpoint, and you, you know you can make something happen on that end. So. Yeah, no, you know what? I got started like that too. I I, I wrote for free. Um, I worked I, I worked as a mechanic for free for two races in nineteen ninety six, and then I got picked up. And then I when I got out of being a mechanic and I wanted to be in the media. I was writing for basically free for RaceRx Canada, you know, to, yeah. to show people, hey, this is what I can do, you know, and, and let me give me a chance. And, and so it's, it's – Yeah, one, but think about that, though. But, you know, what were you doing to pay the bills? You know, you got like to think about Yeah, that, no, I was know? working. I was working other jobs, absolutely, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, the, yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's good. I mean, you, you, it's, it can be done, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. But, but if you, if you want to be a photographer, there's a, a whole – huge world of photography out there as well not just motocross so yeah um yeah, yeah break break into the porn world for example there you go get your foot in there <laughs> i did have somebody ask me once like when they, you know i think it was at gp when i was working there some guys like i got this buddy and he, he wants to do this this site and it's this porn site and he wants you to shoot the photos and i was just like <laughs> Right, right. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on that. Yeah, no, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Of course, Fox Racing, a uh, big client of Simon Cudby, and a lot of Simon Cudby photos have been used in Fox Racing ads over the years. Uh, they're a proud presenter of this podcast. Uh, thanks for doing it, Simon. I really appreciate it, man. All right, Steve. I, I really appreciate it, too, and uh, thanks thanks a lot, and I'll see you uh, at one of these races in the next few weekends yeah unfortunately i see you a lot and i will see you at the race thanks 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 simon bye see ya
This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. I was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny Omar. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and-